Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Huge news over the last week or so as we count down toward the spring carnival of greyhound racing, the Meadows and Sandown, I guess you could say becoming one, that massive carnival of racing which we can't wait to see. The Melbourne Cup, the Top Gun, uh, the shootout, the Phoenix. It's going to be an amazing, uh, what is it, five, six weeks as I welcome you, Smithy. G'day, Jimmy boy. Yes, the big five nights of racing, the big festival. There is a little break in there for a couple of weeks before the Phoenix, but uh, we're very happy to bookend it with the Top Gun and the Phoenix, and Sandown will run with a few Saturday nights in a row, which will be be a bit of a change, but I think it'll be a good one for the industry. I, I did have a look at that, and, and at first I thought, oh, it's, it's a little bit like the grand final chat, isn't it, when uh, people say, oh, it needs to be left in the daytime or it needs to go to a, a night spot, which we saw with the, the COVID-affected AFL grand final last year. But it's it's a little bit weird seeing Sandown Park on a Saturday night, but I, I, I love the idea, and I said that to Jason Adams on the on the Thursday pod, that it, it was it's just nice to, to feel like the two metropolitan clubs are really working together to to try and promote this great sport of greyhound racing the best they possibly can. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's a massive thing for me is to try and, well, not unite the clubs. I think the clubs have a pretty good relationship, but to really work together to grow the sport and grow the industry because um, at the end of the day, if we don't work together, then we're going to be pushing the proverbial uphill, Jimmy boy. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fair point, mate. Hey, what about you? Uh, busy week last week. You were down at the island. We struggled to get you... Uh, in a zone with good reception. This week, you're back at the Meadows. How was Phillip Island last week, mate? Did you get down and see the Penguins? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't actually been to the Penguins since I was a kid, mate. As a as a local, you tend to uh, steer away from there. But anyway, it's uh, it's always good to get down there, although I'll, I'll enjoy it more once the weather warms up a bit, I dare say. Run of the week. Well, we've had a little bit more of a chat than we probably normally do on this podcast, getting to know Smithy's day-to-day uh, -day activities. Let's get to the racing side of things. That's why the punters tune into this great podcast that is number one when it comes to podcasts here in Greyhound Racing Victoria. And yes, it is the only one, so we don't have too much opposition. Last Saturday night, run of the week, it was Moraine Susie. Not just Moraine Susie, though. I think Shanlon Hunter was also really big in defeat. These are two greyhounds, I think, to follow over the next couple of months. Racing, Shanklin Hunter a little bit slow to begin at the inside. It's a great race for the lead Spanish Miss sailing through on the inside, going up fast around the outside. Let's play nice, and they were followed then by Moraine Susie. Then came Aston Pablo, followed further back by Shanklin Hunter. Third last down the straight with a lap to go from Man of Substance and four lengths away. I'm a psycho. Out of the straight down, play nice, the leader took off and led by four lengths going to the back straight of a Spanish Miss second, followed then by Moraine Susie third. Then came Shanklin Hunter to the outside, followed then by Man of Substance. Then came Aston. Pablo and Tarling right off is I'm a psycho coming off the back straight it's Pay Nice the leader on the outside there Moraine Susie coming down the outside Shanlon Hunter with a pretty good run but Moraine Susie kick clear and Moraine Susie won it from Shanlon Hunter and a gap to Pay Nice behind the seriously good win that one Moraine Susie and in, in the fact that she was able to stave off Shanlon Hunter the way that she did and 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 the way they just beat off Play Nice like he was a second rate country dog. I, I thought the winner and the runners-up were just outstanding in that one there, Smithy. 
Yeah, 100%. I always like to see the new stayers on the rise. It can only be a couple of runs up over the journey and you can stamp them as the future. And I think these two greyhounds will uh, contest some better races in the future. I actually gave Maureen Susie a massive big rap on this podcast only a couple of weeks ago saying that I think she's going to be a, a really nice 700 uh, metre dog down the track. And I reckon it only took two or three weeks before she got there. So uh, I should have followed my own tip, I guess I could say there, mate. <laughs> Self-congratulate yourself at all times. <laughs> oh, you have to on this podcast, mate. That's what it's all about. Saturday's preview. Saturday preview time, mate. Uh, you know the drill, Smithster. Boom, boom. I love that uh, that intro. 12 races, 12 winners. You know how it goes. Can you kick off with race one, mate, and put the punters who tune in week in, week out away with a good start on Saturday night? Uh, I hope so. Not not a huge confidence uh, race for me, but I'm, I'm with I'm with the four master of the art. I've I've kind of penciled it in as a as a middle distance to staying type for uh, the entirety of its career. It is still learning. It's a bit green, and box four doesn't suit all that well. Uh, but I think it's got plenty of ability and can win this race. Yeah, I think master of the arts a, a big player. I was taken by all spritzed up, who went really well there on Wednesday. Uh, was a smart winner, first go 600, and I like quarter stepping up in distance. So my theory is the watchdogs mark them 440, 350, and 320. If I bundle bet them all and those prices hold up at about that of the watchdog, you might get about a dollar thirty, and I reckon that's a, a winning start. In saying that, I am a little bit worried about Cardigan Girl. So I'll settle on one just to keep everybody happy. I'll go with Master the Art because I've I've put really big wraps on him from a, an early stage. I'd say the first four, two, three, four, eight, might be the way to play in that race number one. Play the try, the first four, SRMs, whatever you want to roll with. That's the way to go, I think, on race one. Always gamble responsibly. Race two, uh, I think Sweet Imitated might be hard to beat here. Beautifully bred by Fernando Bale, often imitated. Unlucky last time, uh, Cardigan Girl, I think it was, who was trying to get through underneath uh, underneath of Sweet Imitated, and they pretty much lost their chances in that last start at the Meadows. So I think she could be the improver here. Yeah, I'm with Gary Stunon, although it's very hard to go past Sweet Imitated. You don't get many better bred than Fernando Bale, often imitated. But uh, I'm, I'm with Gary Stunon. I do think whichever one out of the two or the three will lead and win. Um, so I think you can probably back them both. Do your bundle bets or your same race multis or whatever you like, as you say, Jimmy boy. But uh, slight leaning towards the three Gary Stunon for do, me. Do you like any of those exotic bets? I know the duets is another one that came in that no one really got around. <laughs> I certainly can't say I've ever uh, genuinely had a duet bet. Mm. Uh, I have had a few same race multis and, yeah. and bundle bets and those sorts of things, though. It's it's always nice when there's a race that you think there's only two chances. You bundle them up and uh, away you go. Mm. My old man's a uh, lover of the duet back in the day when it first came out, but I think the pools were a little bit bigger back then, and oh, he used to be all over it. He'd be taking... He actually tried a little method, <laughs> and I'd love to hear from the punters out there who can who can let us know via GRV's uh, Instagram account. So just search GRV, send them a private message, and, and I'll get a hold of that. Don't you worry about that. The ways uh, that little... I guess formulas that you've come up with over the years, whether or not they've worked or they haven't, but he used to take duets with all of the odd numbers and then all of the even numbers, and he was hoping that it would be, let's say, eight six two and he'd get all three duets. But I think he only did it for two or three weeks because he worked out he was losing money very, very quickly. <laughs> but uh, he, he'll, he'll, enjoy, on, oh, he'll enjoy us having a chat about this, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, race number three, I'll, I'll leave it with you here because Alfie Alligator's a real favourite of yours and he's drawn to get a decent run. 
Yeah, he is drawn to get a decent run, but I'm with the, oh. the Greyhound that I think has an enormous upside, and that's the eight Quick Smart. I think Gypsy Yankee from box seven will look to get across over to the rail, and Quick Smart will just get the perfect run in behind there. Has gone 29-25 at Sandown, so if it brings that form here to the Meadows, its first start here, I think can uh, show some of these a bit more season campaigners up. Mm, I'm a little bit disappointed in you. I thought you'd be all over your mate, Alfie Alligator. Look, I thought the red would lead Jet Legger. Alfie <laughs> Alligator's going to get into a good place. And then I thought Gypsy Yankee, as you say, to have a lot of early speed. Uh, was unlucky uh, three runs ago when going 5.07. Had the pressure go on mid-race. But with all that speed, I, I just thought there could be a bit of a tangle at the first corner. And if Indy Fido number six, look, we're going to have to play for luck. So I'd always say gamble responsibly and probably gamble smallly here as well. But I think Indy Fido represents a bit of value off that uh, strong win at Sandown Park two starts ago and I like them as well Smithy when they go from free for all back to a grade five and that is a theory that normally gets you some success race number four Draco Bale best bit of the night we had a chat with uh, Tom Daly I think it was uh, he and his brother look very very similar but I'm pretty sure I was chatting to Tom Daly after uh, after the fireball and, and he said it did not surprise him at all the way Draco Bale went on and, and staved off Jarek Bale if you look at the form of Jarek since that day He's been enormous. So this is clearly my best bet of the night. Yeah, I think he's going to be awfully hard to beat, Draco Bale. If he stacks up and starts running 494s to the first yeah. mark like he did in the Group 3 Fireball not too long ago, if he does that regularly, then he's really he'd be able to take that next step and, and stamp himself as a really, really top liner. Um, I, wanted to, I do want to see him do it again, but I think he's going to be ridiculously hard to beat. Yeah, he, he had about $90,000 prize money from 62 starts before the fireball. He's a kind of dog, if he, if he can reproduce that performance on a regular basis, who knows, he could end up with well over a quarter of a million dollars. But time will tell. Race number five, well, if Draco Bale's not my best bet of the night, this one definitely is. Do it. Drawn beautifully. Unlucky the last couple of runs. Uh, I just think it draws perfectly down near the inside. Clearly the class greyhound. I, I can't give you much more than that, Smithy, but I think the both of them will win. Yeah, this is the best he's drawn for a, for a fair while. I know four back, he was over the middle journey at Sandown, had box one, but I think he's just very, very nicely drawn here to do it, and I think he can show his class and get over the top in the first leg of the quaddie. Do it, we'll do it. King of Calypso will thump home at the end. Race number six, probably one of the harder races of the night. Uh, Peaky Blaze is expected to go well from the inside, and I, I just think if, if he can hold a place, maybe let Tinsley Bale go early. Uh, he should be able to run her down quite safely therefore I'm happy to go each way with number one yeah I'm, I'm either on the one or the two I can't split them here I think the three leads and the one and the two will mm. just get the nice run in behind and as long as they uh, don't clean each other up I think one of those will be too good race seven it's great to see the free-for-all the, the best named race of the night which is is what we want to see the green light on podcast free-for-all <laughs> I reckon it's the first time they've taken us away from about race 11 and 12 when when most people are in bed so I'm happy about the advertising uh, equalizer the champ drawn box number one how, how do you go against him in this field when he's got the cherry yeah, you, you can't really go against him. I saw uh, Brad Keel had an article written about him at Patriot Earhart, um, and he said he, he thought all the good dogs would be in the national heats. Equaliser is one of the good dogs, isn't in the national heats. He comes here in a free-for-all, box one, the Meadows, he ticks a lot of boxes. Don't screw up your ticket when he's last at the first bend, but he will be coming home like a train. Yeah, look, that's probably the risk, isn't it? He'll probably be under even money or thereabouts, and, and he isn't the best of beginners. Race number eight on the program, final leg of the quaddy. A couple of really promising ones in, in this. I, I think the red's going to go well, Zevon Bale, but I thought he might just give Osprey Phantom the run at them early. So I'm willing to go the two on the each way, but there are some really handy ones. Cash it in, Radek Bale. They're drawn out wide, just needing some luck.
Yeah, I think there is a few greyhounds in this that will need some luck, and I'm hoping Weblek Flair uh, can kind of, if not find the front, uh, be very close to it because it has a massive, massive engine in the mid-race particularly. So Weblek Flair on top for me. Race number nine. I sat here for about 15 minutes looking at the replays of Tigalong Jed. Four starts ago, he, he pushes Ferdinand Boyd along with, with early speed. You then look at his next three. He's just bombed the start with no early pace whatsoever. So I, I was trying to find a way to tip against the fave Mapunga Mustang, and I watched their clash at Geelong last time. But if Tigalong Jet misses the kick off Mapunga Mustang by five, there's, there's no way that he can run him down. Flip side, if Tigalong Jet can begin like he did four starts ago when he, when he pushed Ferdinand Boyd along when he was $72, mind you, and got done a half length, he could easily win this race. So based on that, I'm going the Mustang. I am a little bit worried about Orohidas coming across at the start, but he began nicely Mapunga Mustang last week, and I think he'll get the job done. I just want to see Mapunga Mustang do it mm. around two turns again. I know he's I know he's broken 30 seconds here in the past, but I think his most recent form, his, his best form has been around the one-turn city, uh, country track, sorry. I just want to see him do it in the city. I think Orohitas will cut across and Warfield will get a nice run into the race. Like you said, though, Tigalong Jet, if it brings that sort of Ferdinand boy form here, then it's going to be an awfully big player. I'll tell you what, if Mapunga Mustang brings that Geelong 25-41 to the Meadows... Uh, he, he, he safely breaks 30, in my opinion. And if he does, Black Booker Greyhound by the name of Weblex Scout. I'm not sure if you saw the win of Mapunga Mustang at Geelong Smithy, but Weblex Scout was absolutely enormous. Took a whole heap of ground off, and they were running 25-4 in front. Yeah, you don't see them taking ground off a 25-4 dog at Geelong all that often. But like I said, I just want to see Mapunga Mustang do it in the city before I can confidently tip him at short odds. Again. Yeah. Race number 10, I'm with uh, number three, Aston Suzette. We had Paula Bella on the podcast not that long ago, and he gave a pretty big rap for her. I'd probably prefer her almost back over 600 metres, to be fair. She had that run last start. She, she probably looked a little bit dour, but I think if she can find the lead and the rail here, she's going to take a whole lot of beating. I do keep a close eye, though, on number four. Yeah, I just, I, I can't, it was talking about Mapunga Mustang and saying I just want to see her do it. And Aston Suzette's another one. I know she's got the motor and she's the, I think if you trod them all one out, Aston Suzette would be clearly the fastest dog in this race. But I just want to see her do it in the field. She has a tendency to get a few things wrong. What about race 11, mate? White Whale's on top. Uh, just not certain that she's she's really a, a genuine city-class greyhound at this point in time. I think she is developing and, and getting better, and if she can reproduce what she did at Sandown from box one three starts ago, she's a player. But, look, oh, I just don't know from box four. I know that she's uh, given a really big chance. I'm just taken by Webleck Hawk, who I thought was pretty good last week from box number eight. Draws closer to the rail. When he had the ready, he put together two wins. In, in easier races, I think fair to say at Geelong, but from box two, I think he can lead, and and as long as he misses the red, he can run well. Yeah, I think this is a, a two-bet strategy here for me in this race. Webleck Hawk, I, I do have uh, a big opinion of, and I think we'll get a decent price for it. But that's my second selection. My on-top area is Triumph for Jason Thompson. I've got a massive opinion of it. Box five is the issue. But I think if White Whale can lead, which I think it can, Triumph might get a nice card into the race. And I think he's he's the best dog in it if he goes through that first turn untouched. Tell you what, it's been a long preview, but that means we've gone in depth and we've found plenty of winners. Race 12, I'm with number one, Pinjarra Bale. If you watch the replay at Shepherd and very, very good last start, uh, really pounced the last 75 metres. Wind the clock back four starts ago. Now, you can download the Watchdog app. If you haven't already, I, I don't know where you've been for the last two or three years. 
years. But download that, click on race 12 at the Meadows and watch her four starts ago at the Meadows. She jumped from box number seven, was trying to work across, showing speed, showing acceleration, wanting to get to the rail and just couldn't get there. So whether or not she's up to... Saturday night Metro grade, still a query. I think Wizardry Magic's going to storm home at the end, but I think Pinjarra Bale, clearly the one to beat here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty keen. Pinjarra Bale here off the, off the inside draw. Uh, like you said, I think that's exactly where she wants to be, and whether she's good enough or not, we'll find out, but uh, she's not going to get a better opportunity than this. Hunters, hunting club. The segment that is just hanging by a thread. I welcome back Corey Smith to Punter's Punting Club. And when I was hitting that stinger, I could hear you rustling through the papers. And that tells me you're onto something, Smithy. You're keen to give us your Punter's <laughs> Punting Club. What is it? No, I just I couldn't remember what race do it was in. I should have known. First leg of the quaddy, the two. I'm just going to have $50 the nose on him. He's a group one winner. I think he's drawn perfectly, and I think he's better than me. So happy to be with do it. I'll just have $50 on the nose, Jimmy Boy, and hopefully I can get myself on the board in this punters punning club because it's getting embarrassing. I've, uh, I've had a good hard look at myself in the mirror this week, and, and I've, I've really just told mum and dad that I, I, I don't want to let them down anymore and hopefully Do It can uh, get me on the board. Well, it'd be a nice dog to start with. Do It gets you away. But uh, if we're talking sporting terms, mate, you're, you're, you're dropped to at least the seconds, maybe the thirds, <laughs> or even even where I played uh, not too long ago in the uh, in the amateurs, mate. I think we were about the fourth division amateurs, and I took mark of the year. I, I'll post that uh, to the socials just in case anyone missed out on that. But it's, it's had its run. Don't worry about that. Uh, I'm going to have a multi. Draco Bale, 50 the win, into Do It as well. So... 50 bucks. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to get a massive price, but a little bit more than you, Smithy, if Draco can uh, can get the job done. But as always, mate, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'll send that lovely hanger that I took out just so people don't forget that I was a high flyer back in the day. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing about this, Specky. I tell you what, Jimmy Boy, I've seen it that many times. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get it out there and I'll have to uh, call Jeff Britton and apologise to him about me selecting Do It for the Punners Punning Club this week. Hey, as well, I spoke to Jai had told you, or G had told you, the trader of Orohidas at, at Warrigal, and we we're talking about he's a mad Collingwood supporter, right? And um, I was having a bit of a chat to him, and I said, "Oh, I actually, you know, filled in for the amateurs back in the day and took this hanger." And and his his wording of it was, "It's very Moorcroft-like," and I was happy with no, that. No, he did not. <laughs> he did so. <laughs> See you, Smithy. <laughs> See you, mate. Inside info. A man who's already been on the podcast once before, uh, a superstar trainer in the Greyhound game here in Victoria is Jeff Britton, and he's been good enough to jump on the podcast. He's been busy shifting sand, he tells me. How are you, Jeff? Yeah, good, thanks, James. Hey, mate, the uh, the work as a Greyhound trainer, it never stops, does it? It's uh, 24-7, and, uh, yeah, it keeps you busy, put it that way. It does keep you busy, and speaking of keeping busy, uh, Saturday night's a Big, big night for uh, for you and Ange at the Meadows. You've got a, a lot of runners, a couple of key players. We're going to go race by race and, and try and find the punters a few winners. We'll start with the first event. You've got quarter in box two, master the yard, who I've got a, a lot of time for. I think he's going to be a really nice greyhound drawn in box number four. And then uh, Cardigan Girl, who was unlucky last time, drawn out in box eight or unlucky two starts ago. How do, how do you see those three in race number one over the 600? 
Well, it's a little bit of a worry, Ben starts, and uh, I think the two will run off the track a little bit, so I wouldn't mind sitting in the red in that race. But, um, yeah, look, it's a little bit of a raffle, and uh, I just put them in because they're all very strong dogs, and uh, so they're only very young, and I think for the future they'll you know, be good 600-metre dogs. I was going to say, Master the Art, when he first started at Sandown Park, I was one of the, the maiden series they had there, and, and he was just so strong in a couple of runs. He's probably taken a while to really get to, to the level that he's now starting to show on a more regular basis. Yeah, we're just hoping he, you know, with maturity, he gets a bit better with field sense. He, he just seemed to be even jumping at shadows at one stage. Now, race five, do it. Uh, our man, Corey Smith, he wanted to apologise in advance because his form has been... Pretty ordinary on a thing we do called the Punters Punning Club, and he's gone all in with do it. So apologies for uh, for our man Smithy. How, how do you see his chances? He looks beautifully drawn, and he's got such a good record over over these tracks and distances when he draws inside. Yeah, look, he's he's, he's where he wants to be, and uh, you know he's had a bit of a freshen up. He he did pull up a little bit off after his last start, so he's had you know as I say he's had a freshen up, and uh, I'm just hoping he, you know. He goes well, but he is getting a little bit older now. He's been around for a long time, and uh, he's probably a few lengths off his best, but I'm just hoping he goes well fresh. Yeah, I think that the few lengths might be overcome by the uh, the good box draw. Race six, Peaky Blazer. I've tipped this boy on top. I think he can just trail Tinsley Bale, who's got a lot of speed in box number three, and from there might be a little bit too strong. Do you, you obviously like that he's drawn down near the inside. I think all six of his wins have come from box five or inside, and four of those from either box one or two. Yeah, look, I think it brings him out a little bit better when he's closer to the rail and... Uh, uh, if he gets drawn white, he probably runs uses a little bit of the track, but uh, I think it'll bring it bring him out a little bit better. So hopefully he's not far off the pace. I think he's a he's a big player. And then uh, moving down, race number eight, Osprey Phantom drawn box number two, Webleck Flair box number four. Is there ever a rivalry between you and Ange when you've got two in one race? Um, we we really don't have time to think about it. It's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> we just, yeah, we just uh, get the dogs ready and away they go and. Uh, it's hard enough trying to beat, beat uh, you know, everyone else, let alone trying to beat Angela. Race number nine, you've got Mapunga Mustang, drawn box number three. Uh, w- were you impressed by his win at Geelong last start? 25-41. I thought the runners-up, who you also have in the Kennel Weblex Scout, was enormous. But you must have been happy when you looked up, saw the time at 25-41, because they don't go any faster. No, look, he's a, he's a fast dog, and uh, he just hasn't handled... City tracks that well, and you know he's been on the horseshoes. So I'm just trying to, um, you know, actually just trying to win a Grade Five with him, and uh, you know, it it ends up being a fairly hard field, and uh, so you can't afford to do too much wrong against him. And uh, I'm sort of just hoping he has got a bit of pace. I'm just hoping he can just be sitting on the outside of a dog or leading um, to the first corner. I think if he has a bit of pace on his outside, that's when problems happen. What about race 11? Uh, Webleck Hawk, who I've tipped on top, I thought his wins at Geelong, although they were in easier races, were really good. He's drawn nicely down near the inside. You've got he and, and White Whale attacking race number 11. Do you, do you have a lenience for, for either of the two? Yeah, look, probably Webleck Hawk because he, he wants a fence. Um, you know, we've had a lot of injury problems with the dog. He hasn't been able to back up too much in, in the city. And... Uh, so we're hopefully, you know, he's okay at the moment, but uh, 
you know, hopefully it goes well from the inside draw. I'm going to put the pressure on you, Jeff. Uh, who is the best of all of those runners? I've, I've lost count. You've got a big night ahead. Is there one that stands out? Um, look, probably do it. You know, he's, he's got his chance. And uh, as I say, he was, he was a little bit off his last run and, and he's really picked up feeling good at the moment. So hopefully he gets out and puts himself in the race. Well, our man Corey Smith is breathing a massive sigh of relief. So uh, good luck. We appreciate your time on the podcast once again, mate. You're always very kind with your time. So good luck. We'll be cheering for you tomorrow night. No worries. Thanks, James. A big thanks, as always, to Jeff Britton for his time. A terrific trainer, one of the best in the game. No two ways about that. Well, that wraps up another podcast. Until next time, punters, you know the drill. Safe travelling and happy punting. And let's hope for Corey Smith. Do it. Can get the job done.